I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, heavy dragons. Schmaug. Schmaug. <laughs> Schmaug. 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 <laughs> I've made some pretty freaky discoveries, man. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you with us listening to this episode. Uh, My name is Beef. And I've got my two best friends with me. Uh, Tissy, say hello. What? And Bobby, say hello. Hello. Uh, so we're just going to dive straight in, I think. Lovely. Because, uh, you know, we ask each other how we are, but we've been talking for like 25 minutes already. Yeah, so. the people on my Patreon will hear that stuff. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Get a plug in, wanna, get plug in for the Patreon how... early. <laughs> Like less than a minute rubs. in. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you want to hear how we're all doing, then please uh, subscribe to the Bobby's Patreon yeah. and uh, download. Yeah, you'll hear all about um, uh, an erotic adventure that I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new favourite story. That is <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, so I am going to do what we always do, though, because it's it's good fun. If you guys got any idea? What kind of thing I'm going to tackle? I have no idea. No, Tiss. No. Um, have you got no. an idea of what like sort of genre it's going to be, Tiss? Uh, I'd I'd opt for uh, spooky. I had a feeling it might be okay. a cryptid, but now I'm going back on that. I think it might be something scientific. Okay. Uh, well, what I'm going to do uh, is I'm actually going to read something. I'm not going to tell you what uh, what we're doing. I'm going to take a bit of text, and read something to you. I'd like to listen to it, and if I just get it up on my phone, uh, I'd just like you to listen to what I'm saying and then answer two questions. Number one, what is it I'm describing? Okay. Uh, what, are you, what are you laughing at? I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing at Tiss, and Tiss is just <laughs> laughing. Okay. What was question number okay, two? You go. said we have to guess what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, my f- my phone froze. Sorry. <laughs> it is cold. Back with a bang. Okay. Um, and the second question is, where do you think 
like what text am I reading this from? What book? What kind of? IPhone. Where do you think? I'm okay, getting? so what are you describing, and what is what is the text? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Uh, so here we go. I will not fail to speak of Leviathan's limbs, its strength and its graceful form. Who can strip off its outer coat? Who can penetrate its double coat of armor? <laughs> Who dares open? You laughing at penetrate? <laughs> Great what start. was said before Great that? Start. What was said before that? Because that was uh, right. that was a lead. I will not. F- <clears throat> I will not fail to speak of Leviathan. I can't Leviathan. even say it. Leviathan. Leviathan's limbs so so uh, off form. Its strength and its graceful form. Who can strip off its outer strip coat? Off. Strip off its outer coat, right? <sighs> Straight Who after. Can penetrate. Penetrate. Its Boom. double coat of armor. Boom. Right uh, there. Who dares open the doors of its mouth, ringed about with fearsome teeth? <laughs> Ring. Its back has rows of shields, tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. They are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. Its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Okay. Describing a dragon. Yeah, I thought dragon. At first I thought dinosaur and then with the, with the smoke I thought dragon. I had dragon mm-hmm. and stripped off. <laughs> yes, yeah, and penetrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, penetrating. Dragons. I was thinking of that um, hobbit dragon from the new one. Schmaug. 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 <laughs> when you were describing it, not about penetrating. Right. Is it from the Bible, Beef? Mate, it is from the Bible. I know Leviathan is mentioned in the Bible. I remember when I did my... Dragons bibli- are mentioned in the Bible. Biblical conspiracies one. I remember seeing the Leviathan on that. But so genuinely, that's where I recognise it yeah. from. Ah, uh, okay. Because people say that's yes. possibly uh, where dinosaurs are mentioned in the Bible, right? That's what I was about to say. Dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think it's, I mean, that I think it's it's kind of. We'll come back to Leviathan in a bit, uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about dragons. Oh, oh cool! Here be dragons. Uh, so, because I just um, this is like a companion to my dinosaurs one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we're just going to delve into a bit of the uh, history. So there's. Um, three parts. We're just going to look at the history of dragons. Yeah. Um, but when you look into the history of uh, dragon folklore, mm-hmm. it doesn't really do a good a good idea of explaining. Um, it doesn't really explain very well, sort of, um, like where the idea of a dragon came from, or, or just it just apparently, um, you know, we all started thinking about dragons you know, thousands of years ago. It doesn't actually explain where the idea That's came really from. That's really interesting. So. Actually, um, when I've done research for 5-Minute Folklore, there are certain key ideas which arose all over the world and they have similar imagery despite no communication happening like that long ago. It's things like vampires yeah. as one, dragon is another one, like so many cultures have their own. You know what? Next month I was supposed to do an episode of 5-Minute about Chinese dragons. I'm going to switch the month and make right. it this month so we can have Dragon Month. 
Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Dragon month. Brazil, Brazil, you're getting pushed back to next month. China, you're coming forward. Right. <laughs> to um, to honour this as the Dragons episode, just like my Dinosaurs one, this title is going to have an exclamation mark after it, so it's going to be Dragons. Yeah, Dragons. Awesome. Because Dragons are really cool. Everyone likes Dragons, I think. Yeah. Unless they're um, being eaten but, by Dragons. Yeah, or they're setting fire to your village or something. Yeah. yeah. Or kissing your wife. Yeah. yeah, while you're out of work. <laughs> God. I mean, it's just like me and Tessa divorced. <laughs> Something really specific. It's like us. a hit. Yeah, it's like totally relatable to only us. <laughs> Bloody dragons kissing on our women <laughs> whilst I was at work. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Beef, I keep derailing this episode. Yeah. Get let's get no, back it's on track. Um Yeah, I just yeah, you're right, Bobby. It sort of feels like um I guess I guess yeah, yeah, it's the same as most mythical creatures. It's not really clear where the idea of specific features of that animal come from. Like it doesn't really explain very well. So for example, like why would you if you take the features of a dragon, mm. so it, maybe it's wings, it's scales, it's sharp teeth. Um, you know, all of those exist in animals that we've had throughout with his, you know, throughout history. Um, but the the fact that it breathes fire, for example, I couldn't find that anywhere really. Um, so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at maybe a few animals that um, may have kind of got people's minds whirring. Uh, you know, millenniums ago mm-hmm. uh, thinking about dragons uh, and then i'm just going to look at three at the end three which uh, i kind of liked and then we'll wrap up cool you know what interests me so, most about dragons go on uh the whole uh kind of angle that they hoard gold they hoard yeah riches. yeah that's kind of mm. like what we have right now, dragons, right? Real life. Dragons Careful. holding money. Do you not Careful. think? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> what, do you mean they dragons listen to then. the show? <laughs> Peter, Peter Jones and... Chef Bezos, um, if you're listening. Theocrefetus. All of them. Yeah, that is... If you're hoarding fucking more money than you can spend, then you're a dragon. Fucking dragons. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess the the money thing is interesting. Like, what business is it of theirs to just stockpile like a filthy amount of money? Yeah, filthy. Like a like Smaug as well. That's you know, take Smaug. He's the classic example, isn't he? Yeah, he just sat there on top of. What's he going to do with it? He can't buy anything with it, can he? He can't can't buy any land. He lives in a mountain. What more <laughs> land could he want? I don't get it. I that, don't get what this he's... is like. You know. An allegory for like, you know, what's it called? Like fat fat cats. They got big mansions. What more do they need? They got all that money. What yeah. are they going to spend it on? I don't think Smaug is even interested in any of that. This is at a time where a lot of people in politics are talking about redistribution of wealth. There shouldn't be yeah. billionaires. There shouldn't be. It's not a system that doesn't work, obviously. It it no overflowed one needs a in one person's pocket. 
Or a few people's pockets. People, people, we've had messages fairly recently, actually, say we, they don't like it when we talk politics, but they enjoy the show anyway. So we'll put a, a quash on the politics, but we'll stand That's on this. That's not politics. There shouldn't be billionaires. There shouldn't be. Shall I go back to dragons? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's look at the history, first of all. So like I said... When I when I when it comes to researching episodes, this is probably the most research I've done um, for a long time. Um, which doesn't mean that I'm lazy, although I don't care about the quality of the pod. Um, but I've not really needed to. But for this, I felt I had to kind of dive quite deep to do some of research today uh, and yesterday. And um, so it's not really too clear where the stories of dragons first emerged, and it seems like maybe. Um, sort of Asian cultures were the first to kind of um, start putting together this this idea of this mythical creature. Because mm. um, I'm just going to just gonna say this right now at the start of the episode. I, have, I am not, you know, they're not real. Dragons are not right. real. That's quite a strong you stance know. to come down on this early, but... I'm with you. Yeah, I just can't, I can't be bothered with it because um, I can. It's just a load of old guns. Well, of course they're not real. Uh, no, I didn't even know that was a thing that we'd have to take a stance <laughs> on. I thought that's like you know. I just want to say Jabberwocky is not real. Jabberwocky is not real. Dragons no. could be real though. Do you th- do you think so, Tis? Well, have you been through all the mountains? There's hundreds. There's no fossils of them though. Is there like dinosaurs? Well, who knows? Have you been fossil collecting? No. <laughs> I mean, I kind of fucking got you, mate. I got you in two questions. I've been to Lyme Regis and picked up fossils on the beach. Yeah, I've been to Lyme Regis and fossils in shops. (laughs) No dragons. Tis, you actually did go to Lyme Regis with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, we did. did You guys go to Lyme Regis. We were visiting my grandparents down in Weymouth one time, and we decided to have a day trip out. We made Jibs drive drive to Lyme Regis, and he hated Lyme Regis. (laughs) Yeah, he hated all the fossil shops and the, and the beach. He really hated it, and we actually had a nice day there. <laughs> but we went to an arcade which had the old Simpsons game, which was oh, yeah. a sick find for an arcade. Yeah. That was back in the day when you could find those games. I played that in Portland last last week. No shit, that's yeah, such a sick there's game. Two it's big impossible. Ba- there's two it's big impossible. arcades in Portland where you can drink good beer and play arcade machines, and it's like 25 cents to play on anything. It was awesome. That's sick. Loads of pinball machines. Like wow. 50 pinball machines. Yeah. It was awesome. Amazing. So shout out to Ground Control in Portland. Wait a minute. The, the name of that bar was called Ground Control. Yeah. That is the best name for a bar. It was awesome. Of <laughs> that. There was, there's the, two. The there's Ground, Ground Control and, and Quarter World was the other one. But Ground Control was really near to my, where I was staying. So yeah, I went there. Nice. Multiple times. It was great. But anyway, back on. Oh, cool. and I saw I saw Bob Mackie from the Talking Simpsons podcast in Ground Control. No way, really. Yeah. So that's so that's cool. pretty cool. And I just thought, how much of a nerd I am I that I can recognise a podcaster? That is very nerdy because yeah. you know the 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 blissful thing about being a podcaster is I could be sat here in my pants. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Innocuous. I I'm dreaming of the I mean, day I'm where not. someone recognises me. It'll be awkward now because of how awkward you find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on with the dragons. I feel like we're anyway, keeping so, railing. <laughs> back to dragons. Uh, yeah, so it's not too clear. Um, 
the Chinese seem to be maybe the oldest civilization other than um, apparently ancient Greeks and Sumerians um, envisaged these creatures and there's this kind of um, ancient, really ancient drawings of dragon-like creatures. Um, but they always um, kind of consider this mythical um, animal um, and always protective uh, not not necessarily harmful or dangerous, not out to burn down your village or sit on a pile of filthy money. Kiss your wife while you're at work. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they were known to be yeah quite quite protective and um, we'll come on to uh, um, yeah some of that later on. Um, Am I right in thinking that people would like give them offerings uh, as thanks for protection and stuff in some cultures? Uh, yeah, that's largely Asian cultures mm-hmm. tend to do a lot of that, and a lot of Asian dragons were considered to be gods. Uh-huh. Uh, and like depending on the dragon, it would kind of offer you a different, a different, uh, like either a form of protection or a financial blessing or um, lots of dragons protected you from the elements. There's um, examples of that, like the offerings and the protection in uh, like old like New Zealand tribes. Um, yeah. The, the Tanifa is the water dragons. Um, and there's a lot of old, I yeah. did an episode of, again, five minute folklore, I did an episode on the Tanifa and it's ringing, ringing bells on that. So I just remember yeah. researching about them leaving offerings in the tribes and stuff. Yeah, it's um, it tends to be a lot of the and uh, in, in um, Indonesia as well, uh-huh. and yeah, Polynesia all, all across that side of the world. They seem to they so I guess that's where they're different. So I guess where you know maybe our idea of the Western dragon is probably this fierce, terrifying, fire-breathing creature. Well, it's like George and the dragon, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously in the mind of Tolkien mm. um, and J.K. Rowling, there's dragons in Harry Potter, right? Yeah, I just thought... Yeah, of course there is. In like, uh, they're the Goblet dragons yeah. in the fourth one, Goblet of Fire. Oh, in the fire, Goblet of Fire, yeah. I was just thinking, you know how we all like refer to um, St. George and the dragon? And we yeah, sort of know that yeah. story. Is that just like, is that known all over the world? Or is that just like, we all know that because we live in England. If I said St. George and the Dragon to an American, would they have a, an idea what I was talking about at all? I think so. Americans definitely, I think, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, but obviously medieval, that's a medieval thing, isn't it? And they, they freaking love dragons mm. in the medieval times because that's, you know, storytelling as we, you know, come back to Shakespeare, we've talked about this on the Shakespeare pod, like, you know, storytelling was a huge part of their culture. So, you know, this idea of, you know, this um, wonderful knight going and killing this dragon and the damsel in distress, all of that comes from that, doesn't it? Mm. Um, But, um, um, yeah, so going back to this idea of, um, we just talked a lot about dragons being protective and um, offering spiritual blessings um it was actually the christians blooming christians um that uh for some reason dragons seem to interpret and actually read the bible um dragons are in the bible they're in um 
so there are the book of Job, which is where we hear about Leviathan. Uh, we'll come on to Leviathan later. And uh, we find dragons in Revelation and I think in um, the book of Isaiah, I think. Um, but the dragons tend to be a symbol of um, like evil and a symbol of, um, in some ways, of like um, destruction and... Uh, in some cases of like God's anger and wrath of like, you know, fiery, um, sinister behavior. Um, and sometimes referring to Satan as um, a dragon, ah. that kind of all encompassing evil um, creature that can destroy you. And yeah, all of that comes from um, a Christian viewpoint. Uh, don't know why I couldn't actually find out why. I spoke to a friend of mine who's got a PhD and he didn't know either. He's got no idea why. So like the story of George and the dragon would have come from the Christian ideas of what a dragon is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think also, um, don't forget, obviously medieval times, the idea of hell was like really prevalent and weighed heavily on people's minds. And it, it, you know, this idea of um, sort of, pleasing god or ending up in an eternal furnace of fire you know that was really real to people Mm. so um and that's what yeah that's what the dragon symbolized was was hell and fire and like eternal judgment and damnation um so yeah i think that's probably why in medieval times george and the dragon stuff probably kind of i don't i don't actually know to for sure, but it makes sense, doesn't it? This is it? my weird thing about George and the Dragon. Sorry to keep harping on about George, but because um, <laughs> I thought right. about George, doing... George, George and the Dragon. <laughs> when I did my UK episode <laughs> of Five Minutes, so I'd harp on about Five Minutes as well, I was going to do George and the Dragon, and I stopped because I was like, is this folklore or is this a real person? Because the saints are supposed to be real people. Yeah. But the dragon wasn't real. So what the hell is up with the UK's patron saint? Like, all the other saints did like things that you can document and they were real people but we're supposed to believe that ours went and killed a dragon Mm. yeah i think maybe do you think that's why we don't really do st george's day well uh, i don't know some people do st george's day gets wrapped up in a lot uh game game political which uh beef which saints were the ones that went marching in (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't done his research he doesn't know (laughs) <laughs> unraveled is unraveled mate <laughs> on that question it's unraveled there's a uh, very famous song <laughs> <laughs> what the there's, well there is mate, it's a very famous song come on <laughs> come on who, who are the saints it's probably uh, Spurs <laughs> Spurs <laughs> Southampton, Southampton and Northampton, aren't they? They're the Saints, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Okay, done. Northampton Saints. Well, Southampton Football Club, but Northampton Rugby Club are also Saints. No, but does that song not originate from the Bible? No. When the Saints go marching in. Is that not... (laughs) It's not biblical, I'm afraid, Tess. (laughs) Is it really not? Are you joking? Do you actually (laughs) think that's biblical? I'm not joking. I swear that's a medieval song, when the Saints go marching in. No, no, no. (laughs) Was it made by, like, football fans? Yeah, it's like a football (laughs) chant. No. I I don't have the internet right now, so I can't confirm or deny this, but 
I'm, I'm looking now. This one. <laughs> so you want to know basically the origin of? No, let's carry on. I'll come back to this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, to be I, honest, I never considered like it was that... common knowledge that the Saints go marching in is a biblical song, but I just didn't know who the Saints. I like they were really no. going deep on this, as if the topic is Saints. The topic is dragons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we go off on one of these rants, all that rings through my head is the bad reviews of uh, people listening to the pod for ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, we've had and a few recently. To turn it off because. Uh, because because we're idiots. To far off yeah, I had a few had a few reviews recently that people have said we're idiots. But if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes because we really need them at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, carry on, carry on. Uh, yeah, I don't. The one, sorry, just on that, the one that I read, that I still can't get over, is the guy that listened to like fifty minutes and they decided he didn't like it. Like, how did you? How did you get 50 minutes into something before you decided it's not for you? He's waiting for us to get onto the topic. I don't (laughs) think we've ever done an episode where it's taken us 50 minutes to get onto a topic, has there? I I feel we're not as bad at getting onto a topic nowadays, apart from this episode. Uh, Yeah, exactly. We've uh, gone on for a bit here. Yeah, okay. Um, On point now. uh, Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really focus on George and the Dragon. Um at all because I didn't really but Saints could be something for another day mm. I find that interesting okay I've just found this I've just found this information uh, the origins of the song are unclear it apparently evolved in the early 1900s from a number of similarly titled gospel songs including When the Saints Are Marching In and When the Saints March In for Crowning 1908 and 1896 there you go there you go Saints, yeah, Saints a... would actually be a pretty good topic of like the, the true stories behind some of those things like Saint Nick Saint George these are quite like mythical creatures but they're actually real people so like where's the line anyway yeah shotgun, shotgun that I'll do that one alright um, yeah so we'll come back to Leviathan later on and uh, the the biblical idea of dragons later on um, but I think the the idea of a dragon and what a dragon was to people is fairly similar. If you look throughout the different cultures across the world, um, you know, I guess if you look at a Western dragon, it's described pretty much as Leviathan from the Bible. You know, the scales, the wings, the you know, it's breathing fire, all that kind of stuff. The claws, mm-hmm. the sharp teeth. But um, Chinese dragons don't seem to look like that they've they seem to have quite like flat teeth and they're not menacing and they've got like kind of like um wise wispy hair and um, some of them almost have like manes yeah they kind of like, like a big lion yeah they look like um oh no that's a dog i'm thinking of the one from never ending story oh yeah they don't they don't look like that no not really i hate that film whoa um no yeah terrible film. no so good I'm not joking, mate. Don't badmouth that film. I didn't realise it's a really it did, big uh... part of my childhood. Oh right, wow. <laughs> never-ending story. I don't think I've seen it. Well, you're going to hear more of it because the outro music this week now. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for me already deciding on the outro music, it would be.
So the belief in dragons was not just based on legend or myth, but to begin with, what people thought was hard evidence because people over time were discovering dinosaur fossils and dinosaur bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and people didn't tend to really have the knowledge of dinosaurs um, because obviously a dinosaur, as we said about on the on the dinosaur episode, we talked about how dinosaurs are so unlike anything else that we have around us at the moment in the world whereas a dragon kind of takes different features from different animals that we're aware of so you can kind of see why people would say oh yeah that's a dragon bone Mm -hmm. rather than this creature they've never heard of um uh the word dragon comes from the ancient greek word draconta meaning to watch which is where the idea of guarding treasure comes from um, and sitting in mountains, this this idea of watching over something. So obviously, you can kind of see where the legends would would kind of grow from that that word and the origins of that word. That you know, a creature on top of a mountain watching over, protecting finances and treasure. I don't know why it's treasure still. Um, they just like treasure. Yeah, maybe they just like the gold. I guess. Yeah. Um, not really sure to be honest with that. Um, so that's that's a brief history uh, of dragons. That's as much as that I could find uh, that kind of gives us an idea of where dragons came from. But it seems like originally uh, it was the ancient Greeks, the Sumerians, and um, the ancient Chinese um, civilizations that kind of first got this this legend going mm. um do you guys find any of that surprising or does that sound about what you would kind of expect um i i knew there was a lot a lot of it came from ancient china uh because that's why i was going to do my episode on ancient chinese dragons for folklore i didn't realize that uh the greeks and the sumerians had such a hand in the original dragon ideas mm. yeah what about you tis yeah, it kind of falls in. Uh, I guess the only reference I have to dragons is Smaug. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to Smaug again. Yeah, that's the only reference. George and the Dragon, I kind of remember, but I, uh, I'm i still not familiar with the tale, apart from he slays the dragon. There's not much to it. It's just like, yeah, it's just like he's... Isn't it like the king's daughter or something is in the cave or the, the guy who runs the town's daughter's in a cave, different versions of the story, and the dragon's terrorizing the town. George walks up there, slays the dragon, frees the woman, and then he's a saint. There's not much to it. He kills a dragon, frees a woman. It's like the classic. <laughs> I think George would argue against uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> All of the day's work. Just fucking easy, Basically mate. Shrek. Yeah, it's just that yeah. classic, it's the classic sort of medieval fantasy tale. Kill the dragon, save the princess, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, um, okay, so where does this idea of dragons come from? Where do, uh, where is it possible maybe that people got this this idea of this creature from? Because for some reason, you know, different people from different civilizations um you know thousands of miles across the world had this idea of of a dragon or this idea of um yeah of of an animal or a being or a creature that resembles what we know to be a dragon um 
So what do you guys think? Is there anything you can kind of think of or any animals that you can think of that would kind of add a a bit of... Um... Well, real animals. Yeah, can you think of any real animals that would kind of get this rolling? Big lizard. Yeah, big fat lizard. Like a crocodile? Uh, specific or... lizards? Oh, sorry. What what's that lizard in uh, in Australia? You know the one, Komodo dragon. That's the one. I the, saw the big, one. In, well, I saw one in Sri Lanka, and it scared the shit out of me because I couldn't believe I saw one. I didn't realize they had them there, and it just massive, ran across the field, like to the left of me, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like, yeah, scary shit. They're big, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're quick. I couldn't believe how quick it ran. Yeah, they're really fast, mate. Um. Yeah, horrible buggers. Was like dragon. dragons. So that, uh, yeah, I mean, particularly with Indonesia, don't they have Komodo Island? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to go there if they do. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> Just go on holiday to Komodo Island. <laughs> Start digging I, my grave. I feel like that's something I need to get right though. So let me just double check that. I'm pretty sure there's Komodo Island, uh, which is in Indonesia, I think. Yeah, Komodo Island is one of the islands that comprises the Republic of Indonesia. Nah, forget it. I'm not going there. Yeah, mate, could you imagine that? That is terrifying. There's no humans that live on that island, right? Yeah. <laughs> really? There yeah. were. Well, they're, they're all dead now. They've been eaten by Do they by actually attack dragons. humans? They can do. They've been known to, yeah. Ugh. Um, in researching for this, I watched a couple of episodes of... Uh, so I watched an episode of Deadly 60. Right. Which is a CBBC program. It's for, it's meant for like teenagers, but it's still fine. Um, yeah, they, they they just eat whatever they want. Oh. Well, who's going to stop them? Yeah, you, I mean, you're gonna, not going to be able to outrun one, are you? You saw one running. And they, they... It was surprisingly quick. Like, would you say you'd be able to outrun it? I don't know what it would be like at top speed in that pursuit. Because they kill sheep and stuff, don't they? Uh, yeah, sheep. And then apparently eat goats and have no, been known to eat cows. Yeah, that's it. The guy was telling me that they attacked some cows. It's pretty terrifying, isn't it, really? So other animals that may be like dragons, you said crocodiles, Beef. Yeah, if we're talking about... Crocs and gators. Yeah, if we talk... Um, so, yeah, I should have been a bit clearer. I guess from an evolutionary point of view, is there anything that you could think that would kind of cause humans to... To to kind of put if you were to put like a hybrid of animals together to create a dragon, what animals would you use in the sense of being fearful of particular animals? If that makes sense, mm. like if you were to put together, so yeah, so a Komodo dragon, yeah, um, yeah, crocodiles are probably Crocs and gators, yeah, alligators. Said that to see, yeah. <laughs> That's one of their full name in there. <laughs> I also thought anacondas and oh yeah, yeah, big snake. Yeah, I don't like snakes. No, snakes are horrible, aren't they? Well, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of snakes at all. When we were at um, Butlins last week, we went to something called Animal Antics. Uh, <laughs> there's a the guy doing it. It was it was basically like a Steve Irwin type guy, and he brought out these different animals to show all the kids. And he brought out this boa constrictor and I, I nearly peed no, my pants. I really don't like them. They make me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, forget it. Forget it, mate. Um, but the reason I ask about 
this idea of being scared or if we were to create like a hybrid of animals mm. um, is because according to a guy called David Jones, uh, he's an anthropologist. Uh, he David wrote a book called... David Bowie? To, da- yeah, David Bowie this, this, wrote this book. It's his real name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, really, I had forgotten about that. Um, yeah, so Bowie wrote this book. That's why he, that's why he performed under Bowie, because he wanted to keep his um, dragon expertise a separate identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be discovered by three idiots on a pod <laughs> who are clearly drunk, talking shit, apparently, according to those reviews. Yeah. Um, uh, he wrote a book called An Instinct for Dragons, um, and uh, in the book, basically... I can't stop thinking about Bowie now. Um, Jones uh, asked this question about why dragons seem to be, they're just everywhere. They just seem to cover um, the world when it comes to, you know, pretty much every country on the planet. Definitely every continent has this idea of dragons. And he'd asked, he wrote this book in almost like a pursuit of trying to understand where this came from to begin with. Um, And his research um, came up with some, I think, some pretty, like some pretty decent ideas. I, I can see like like how this makes sense. Um, but a direct quote from his book is that when imagining dragons, people always take their cue from reality. Um, and so he looked at uh, one of our closest ancestors. So he looked at a group of monkeys, a group of um, fervent monkeys. Uh, and they have three main predators, and that is snakes, eagles, and big cats. Oh, and yeah. Big, big birds, the f- wings. Big bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big bird, yeah. Big bird, yeah, from <laughs> Sesame Street. So he is a... <laughs> oh, no, that is libelous. That's not going in. That is fucking libel, mate. Sorry. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, so, so big birds, big birds, big, yeah, big lizards, birds. big cats, snakes. Yeah, yeah, and you think all of them have those features in common? So they, you know, so maybe like the the roar of a big cat, of a tiger or a lion or something like that. All these animals have claws. Yeah. Um, the well, sna- snake the scales. Doesn't... Well, no, but the 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 scales of a snake and the strength, like particularly of an anaconda. Um, and actually, if you if you take eagles, you could then argue that that go- maybe goes back to like a pterodactyl mm-hmm. um, or something like that. Maybe that that I'm thinking of like a griffin as well, which is another mythological beast. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so again, you can kind of see how maybe if if you're talking from an evolutionary point of view, you know, humans have kind of got an instinct of fear built into them to be fearful of these animals. I'm guessing because of, you know, we know what they can, you know, they can make mincemeat of you if they want to. Mm. Um, Like particularly an eagle. I had no idea how massive eagles are. They are absolutely ginormous wingspan of like 12 feet. Yeah. I went to a bird sanctuary of my dad uh, a couple of years ago and they had a bald eagle there. And he he called it, it flew through the fields from behind him and landed on the, um, I was sitting like a stand it landed on the bars in front of me and it was like fucking massive. I was really shocked to see him one in the flesh, how big it was. Yeah, 
it's they're scary they're really scary their claws are so big as well yeah, their yeah. talons um are absolutely huge um so I quite liked this idea of it, of it being like an inbuilt thing, and so because of that, our maybe our imagination took our ancestors to create drawings or to kind of to birth these legends of a dragon or of some a creature mm. that combined all of these. You know, it's a bit like when you're at school and you kind of like, oh, what would it be like if you could draw? Like a lion combined with a gorilla with a uh, tail of a scorpion, and you know you. That's the kind of thing. Well, that's what I used to do anyway. Um, and uh, it got me thinking about the fire breathing thing, though, because like, this doesn't. I still don't really get where this idea of fire comes from because it just doesn't fit with anything. It seems that that seems like uh, a, like you said, like uh, the the Chinese dragons didn't really do it. And in terms of, it feels like a Christian addition. Like to represent scariness, to represent hell and the yeah. fire and brimstone, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I thought. Um, but this uh, this dude, Dave Jones, in his book, um, made some interesting arguments for, particularly with snakes. I've made some pretty freaky discoveries, man. <laughs> that's, that's what he sounds like as well. Um, of uh, spitting cobras. Ah, oh, so, okay. Whilst they don't breathe fire, this this idea of animals that can produce venom or something which burns. So it's yeah, not yeah. necessarily the fire; it's the burning. Um, and uh, so you know, spitting cobras project this venom from their teeth. Mm. Um, also, the sting of a bullet ant. Um, I I was uh, looking at a, like a short, almost like a mini documentary about um, bullet ants, and I had no idea how. But apparently, the pain that comes from a from being stung by a bullet ant is is almost unbearable. Are they just like normal sized ants? They're a bit bigger, but they're not like. Right. Yeah, it's not like a dog-sized ant. Because I'm not, I'm not really familiar with them. And they're what? Are they got, they got a sting or a bite or something? Yeah, it's it's a bite. Um, right. But one person described it, and I wrote it down because it's like, yeah, it was. It sounds horrible. Uh, described it as like walking over flaming charcoal with a three-inch nail embedded in your heel. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a description, isn't it? pretty awful how big bullet ants uh let's find out so they're kind of they are bigger than normal ants they're kind of like um like obviously if you were to look at photos you know they are bigger than normal ants but they're not they're not that much bigger really they just yeah they're not like like rats no 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 no. they're like maybe like an inch long and rat-sized ants they can bite you oh they can all bite you (laughs) (laughs) um but there's one animal which um i really love this this idea of um maybe the idea of a fire breathing dragon coming from animals that spit or animals that can project something towards you or like release something from their body that's going to hurt you a llama a llama (laughs) a llama 
They do spit. <laughs> fire, fire breathing llama. <laughs> well, that, I mean, wouldn't be the most terrifying animal, really, would it? To, um... No. Tell me what the most terrifying animal is, though. Go on. Uh, well, it's not terrifying. I just, I just, I feel like I'd um, heard about this years ago and forgotten about it. Have you guys heard of a bombardier beetle? No, I don't think so. Okay, because I'm just gonna play a, a video now. Uh, obviously, it, for you, it's just all audio. Yeah. Um, but I just, uh, I just wanted to listen to what this animal is capable of because I, I love it. I think it's great. The bombardier beetle is one of nature's most improbable creatures. For some, it throws a monkey wrench into the whole idea of evolution. This beetle is a walking powder keg. That cloud you see is the result of a lightning-fast chemical reaction inside his body. When attacked, the beetle sets off the explosion, releasing a boiling hot, stinging poison that sends his enemies running. He can even aim it. This potent mixture inside the beetle is made up of three main ingredients. Mix the first two of them together and nothing happens, but throw in the third and boom. So the beetle has a trick. He keeps these ingredients separate inside his body. From an evolutionary standpoint, that's what's interesting. In fact, people have been scratching their heads over this for decades. How did this complex system evolve over time? Wouldn't earlier generations of beetles have blown themselves up like a bunch of amateur bomb makers? To some, this beetle's very survival is proof that the whole theory of evolution is wrong. But it turns out there is a way this system could have evolved gradually. Remember that third ingredient? It's an enzyme. It's like a spark. It sets the explosion in motion. And enzymes evolve. At first, maybe this one wasn't so dangerous. But gradually, it became more potent, more specialized, more explosive. As the beetle's body changed to contain it. Scientists at UC Berkeley are trying to figure out how this system came together. They think one of those explosive chemicals evolved from the same raw materials as the beetle's shell. That happens a lot in evolution. It's called exaptation, one body part repurposed for something else. The improbable bombardier beetle. Living proof that what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. So that's the bombardier beetle. Mm. Don't like that. No. No, it sounds horrible. And obviously, you can't, you couldn't see the video, but in one of the shots, it had a shot of a, um, of a tarantula, kind of like creeping up on it to come and snack on it, mm-hmm. and then it releases this. I think I've seen this beetle before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then this tarantula doesn't like it. Not in real life. Was it? Was it? Was it kissing your wife while you were at work? <laughs> <laughs> if people do want to see that video, I'll put a link to it on the blog as well. Yeah, so I kind of like this idea of perhaps 
we may be looking in the wrong areas. We're looking for animals that breathe fire, and actually, it's not about the fire. It's this like this horrible beetle that can produce burning acid um, to scare off its prey, um, or a spitting cobra which can fire venom into your eyes that blinds you. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Jesus, I think it's interesting that there are things like you think of. So you think of a dragon as being a fully fantastical, fictional creature, but it's interesting to look at it from a way of, actually, you can make up a lot of the elements of this creature from things that actually do exist in nature, even if it is something... I'm losing my voice now. Um, Listeners to my Patreon will know that I'm extremely ill right now. Um, But yeah, you can make these... um, from, From what exists in nature, you can make the elements of the idea of like burning and and the scales and things and make this amalgamation of things that almost creates a dragon it's a really interesting way of looking at it mm. yeah yeah that's I, I quite liked this is a different angle and it, it's one that makes sense to me in terms of uh you know humans kind of creating something out of a place of being fearful mm. um particularly in the west maybe if if that's where it's come from Mm. um yeah this idea of what would you particularly if you look at this idea of a fire breathing dragon um in the west you know you're looking at this what's what's an animal that's going to create fear in people so that they don't want to go to hell or they want to be fearful of the devil you know then it is it is that you know that's what it that's what it looks like isn't it mm and some some Western ideas of dragons will also have like big horns as well, like the devil. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that that was just a little um, segment on where the idea actually comes from in the first place. Because um, like, like I said, I, we, you know, we look at the. I, sorry. <laughs> no, go on. It just came to me. I think that dragons looked like those massive eagles. Uh, did you see those? On your travels, right? Real or fictional? No, real. Uh, it was funny because it had a caption saying, This eagle looks like a human wearing an eagle costume, and it does, but it's got like a massive dragon face. And I was thinking, like, the face of a dragon with the. What, what would you call them? That like the flaps that accentuate the, the head, like the sort of. Oh, some dinosaurs have them. There is a name for them. It's not like a frill, it might be a frill. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I know what you mean, like the scaly plates that go up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I searched huge eagle, found it. Harpy eagle. Eagle. Oh yeah, eagle. harpy huge. eagle. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about an eagle's eyes as well, isn't it? Yeah, they look right through your soul. We're all waiting with bated breath on Tiss's harpy eagle. Yes, harpy eagle, hundred percent. The there's certain pictures that definitely resemble dragon-like head frills and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see. Yeah, I see. Totally. Particularly with its beak. Yeah. And you think they're fucking huge, man. They definitely hunted humans. Its beak and its face. The whole thing about it, actually, is quite dragon-like. And they breathe fire. Well, maybe if you're if, if you've had enough burning <laughs> <Wow>. bush, uh... <laughs> harpy eagle is the largest wow. eagle, two hundred centimeters. 
two meters. Wow. That's huge, isn't it? Two yeah, that's pretty big. That's quite too big. meters, mate. And the small ones can get you. So that one is avenue for lunch. You know how a seagull nicks your sandwich and you get pissed off if that nicks your sandwich? <laughs> you... oh. <laughs> I could hate it. Despite take their wingspan, take your hand. They can reach <laughs> up to 6.5, two meters across. The wingspan is two meters across as well. Yeah, it's pretty massive. Yeah. Well, do you think like um, monsters and stuff resemble, like you're saying, dragons, they resemble old things from before we were, like when we were hunting, when we were being hunted, when we were still Mm. on the food chain? Do you think it's residual, like, anxiety and fear from those days carried over and made creative by the left brain or something like that? No. Or, you know, like, um, like fish stories when you say, oh, it was this big and you over exaggerate it. Yeah. If a hunter sees a harpy eagle, that's pretty scary enough, but he might exaggerate it and then draw a cave paint and it looks like a dragon. He'd be like, yeah, and it was breathing fire too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where were the cave paintings to show the dragons? Wait, are there cave paintings of dragons? Oh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if the Egyptians have done a hieroglyphic uh, version of the dragon. They've turned up in all sorts of places, though, right? Well, dragons. Dragoons, yeah. yeah all over the world. Almost dragoons, every country. Yeah. Out dragoons. There. Dragoons. <laughs> Dragoon. Uh, the world's largest eagle, by the way, just as a little side fact, yeah. um, is the Hast Eagle, which is three meters across. That's massive, isn't it? That's like half my living room. It's too big for a bird. Yeah, as birds go, it's pretty big. Imagine like an eagle and then like a hummingbird. They're so different. Hummingbirds are like the size of, what, like a 50p or something. When I was younger, I used to think birds were really boring. They were like my least favorite animal. And as I get older, the more I think birds are like awesome and one of my favorite animals. Yeah, they're great. But they are <laughs> Like, I like all the birds, but like they are indifferent to you and they would kill you if they could. So they're kind of Right. Well, if you like. I don't think it would kill you. Actually, no, mate. Ducks. Ducks are pretty cool. Ducks. I've just been looking at uh, dinosaur and dragon cave paintings while while you guys were... And there's nothing that's explicitly, like, obviously a dragon. But there's a few things that people would argue could potentially yeah. represent it. So, yeah. Geese. Geese are quite aggressive. Yeah. Uh, one jumped in the road the other day uh, we tried to rescue it and it was having none of it it went and had a little walk down the road tried to find its owner they weren't in and it it pissed off basically its mate uh, in the cage up in the garden was well pissed off like proper pecking the sides yeah scary just leave it to its own devices basically dragons aren't they geese anyway beefy talking of geese let's get back to dragons um <laughs> yeah so i just thought that was an interesting uh and that kind of satisfied my curiosity about the idea of dragons in the first place because it doesn't really you know it's it's one thing to know that the the greeks and the sumerians the chinese all were maybe the first people groups to 
imagine these creatures, but it doesn't really explain why they imagined them or where they came from. But the maybe the the idea of um, like a fear instinct and us being fearful of different animals and like you say, like you know, a hunter going out finding a massive eagle and it being having like this big fight with it, it would go back, draw it down. Like, oh, you never guess what I saw. But yeah, what was it? It was like an eagle. What's an eagle? Oh, I'll draw one. It's like that. Mm. And then it draws the human, and the human's tiny. It's like, wow, was it really that big? And then by that time, you've gone down the rabbit hole, and you're like, yeah, yeah. it's like absolutely massive, mate. Actually, they're called dragons. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think I think more it's... This is my theory, that it is just... It's from that that creative place we all pull our creativity from and the storytelling and that is connected to like your deep fears from human passed down knowledge like a collective knowledge or something yeah and that's dragons are just harpy eagles that are hunting you but it is i mean it's you can see how it comes about you know we particularly with the way tribes or people groups you know communicate it's you know Word gets about, doesn't it? And uh, before you know it, Barry from down the road's been banging on and on about some animal he saw, and you start believing it. Yeah, you can see. It, and then before you know it's the it, same with symbols, right? Symbols turn up all over the globe. No connections. Yeah, that's the side of that sort of stuff that always interests me. It's like we said about the uh, sleep paralysis thing, and people seeing the hag. And the, or the guy with the top yeah. hat, or you know, the certain figures, and all over the world, people describe the same idea, and yeah. um, it's just like a collective consciousness thing that we have. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I had a, I had a little spate of what I would consider the closest I've had to sleep paralysis the other night. It was really? fucking terrifying. That sounds awful. Really? Yeah, I woke, I woke up screaming and not being able to move. It was really scary. Shit, we actually screaming. Mate, yeah, I've been like, I've been really ill, and I've been having really fucking crazy fever dreams, like nightmares and shit. But oh, so, I get those. Yeah, it's pretty awful. But I woke up not being able to breathe, not being able to move, and just like screaming, but not having the air to scream. So it's just like, uh, like it was, re- it was horrible. Oh, mate, yeah, man, it's really scary. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, for more of my uh, terrifying dreams, get on the Patreon. Weird Tales Revisited episode three. I talk about it on that. What's that, the fourth time you've uh, Yeah, I'm really pushing that Patreon this month. <laughs> we are working on lots of stuff for it, so I want people to experience because people are enjoying Absolutely. it. I just want more people to enjoy it. Absolutely. Get on board with it, guys. If you've not downloaded it already, why not? Go do it right now. And if you jump on board now, you've got a whole backlog of stuff to come. For a five, you've got like three months' worth of stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so I'm just going to move on now to the last uh, little segment of uh, of the pod uh, before we close up for this episode. Uh, I, to be honest, I, we, there are so many um, different myths about dragons out there for almost every country you can think of. Definitely across Europe, Africa, Asia, North America, South America. It's just there's dragons everywhere um so i i wanted to come back to the the leviathan mhm um obviously because how that's just bizarre to me that dragons would be in the bible yeah or i mean i'm just going to read this description again um 
because this is a dragon. When you listen to it, this is this is a dragon. I will not fail to speak of Leviathan's limbs, its strength and its graceful form. I'm not reading the next bit because Tiss finds it funny. Who dares open the doors of its mouth? Ringed about with fearsome teeth, its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. They are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. Its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. Strength resides in its neck. Dismay goes before it. So that's a dragon to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, You reading that again, like it's so a dragon. It describes everything about it, the teeth, the scales, the, the flames, everything. And that more and more makes me feel like the Western idea of a dragon, which I don't think is as ancient as like some of the other ideas of a dragon and looks kind of different. I do just feel like that is someone drawing Leviathan from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much Yeah, in the same way that people like um love in Lovecraft stories, he'll describe these um beings which are beyond comprehension and they have these crazy descriptions to them. But then you get these um people attempt to draw them and there's like representations, especially the really famous ones like Cthulhu and things like that. And it feels similar to that, people trying to draw that description of something that he's only put in text. Yeah. Dragons in Western society feel like people trying to draw the description of Leviathan from the Bible. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, and actually, if you uh, if you look online, it's if you were to type in biblical dragon, it yeah. is... It is basically, you know, the dragons from Game of Thrones or... Yeah, the classic. You know, Smaug. It is classic, like, Skyrim dragon. Yeah. Um, I've, I find... The reason I find this fascinating is obviously not, not just because of my faith, um, but it's just it just feels like a really peculiar um, thing, and I'm not really sure what to make of it because... So it's in the book of Job... And uh, Job, Job was is in uh, the collection of books uh, of the collection of prophetic books. So I think I've spoken to you boys on the pod before about you know the, obviously the Bible is not just one big book; it contains mm. different genres. So you've got poetry, you've got um, like allegory and and stories, and there's um, lots of like like moral. Um, almost like what they call like uh, so like parables and yeah, yeah. moral fables almost. Um, but if you look through the prophet, the books of the prophets, a lot of the language is very allegorical, allegorical, and loads of picture language and lots of poetry and and I guess it's the way that prophets speak. They use metaphor to try and illustrate something that they see happening or something that they. They're trying to express something about God. So, you know, the idea of the Leviathan, you know, all of this imagery and you being able to, like, I could draw that, I could read that and then draw what he's talking about. Um, yeah. You know, fits with this idea of Job or, or the, you know, the books of the prophets with it being loads of picture language and metaphor and not, you know, it's lot not literal. So 
Uh, maybe a mm-hmm. Leviathan isn't a literal dragon or this creature. Maybe it's a metaphor for something else. Um, but actually, this is where a lot of my research went into. Um, I went on three different um, university websites and looked for different journals to, to look to, for an answer for this. And an overwhelming amount of biblical scholars um, all seem to think that uh, he's talking about a whale. Oh, a whale. A well, whale. Just because it's massive. That's really strange. Um, well, I... One particular scholar, I'm not really too sure what I think about this, seemed to think I mean, I've that... heard of I've heard of a whale referred to as Leviathan before, but not yeah. in that biblical context. But I the thing I can't shake is is how vivid the the fire breathing imagery is. It's yeah, so strong. Yeah, they really lay that on thick. Yeah. Smoke, nostrils, flame. Not underwater, mate, not on a whale. No. And uh one particular scholar uh, Michael V. Fox, not Michael J. Fox. Oh my um, God, there's another pseudonym going on here. <laughs> um, uh, seems to think that maybe it was um, <clears throat> obviously like a whale blowing water out of its blowhole, maybe right. doing that in the silhouette of a sunset. Maybe that looks like fire being shot out, but I I don't buy that mm. at all. Um, so it remains a bit of a mystery, Leviathan. Um, I'm going to keep digging and see what I can find out. I mean, maybe, and it's in the context of God, is it's actually God describing this animal. I mean, there's, there's the Bible's full of metaphor and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a literal thing. And, I mean, what is the context in which he's describing Leviathan? Is he just saying there's a beast around out there? Uh, no, well, this is what I was going to come on to. Um, so it's in the context, so it's actually God is describing Leviathan. Um, and he's talking to Job. Job is having a pretty crappy time. Um, his life's not going very well and he's blaming God for a lot of what's going on. Um, and this is when then God starts describing this, this beast, this animal. And at the end of the chapter, he says, he starts talking about how much more powerful than Leviathan he is. Mm. So he's basically saying, mate, if I created Leviathan uh, and, you know, he starts talking about the strength and the power of Leviathan, I'm much stronger than that. So put your trust in me and I will deliver you from whatever it is you're worrying about. So it's in the context of God trying to get Job's eyes back on, like the goodness of God or the power of God. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't really, I'm not really sure. I don't really know what I think. Um, some, some scholars say uh, a crocodile as well, but most, mostly it's whales, uh, which is really strange. I think. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I can get behind the whale. No, I'm I'm not having that at all. It's really strange. Cause when in, during the episode, I actually, googled giant uh whale right after, after i googled harpy eagle but it's because i was trying to think of the a big animal <laughs> <laughs> but it's just really strange that you'd say whale and i was googling it that's mm. strange coincidence yes yeah. i mean if i think about whales too much we spoke about this on my like 
ocean episodes they're freaking ridiculous that these things exist it is the sense of scale on a whale yeah is um ridiculous it's it's, i can't even get my head around it two football pitches on their side could go through their um veins is that true two football pitches that feels too much that feels too big (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that feels like you've definitely done too much, man. Imagine that. Imagine veins <laughs> the size of two, two football pitches on their sides could go through a whale's vein. Yeah, that's mental. That's, that's not true too big. Yeah, I'm not going for that. Back when there was loads of oxygen on Earth, I reckon that's how big they were, though. Yeah, they didn't have football pitches back then, though. So, well, the football pitches different were smaller reference. as well. <laughs> People were smaller back then. No way, they would be bigger, right? Because there's more oxygen. But we've got bigger as a species. Think really? of old houses, how small the doors are. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. Sorry, people. You see, I'm not very tall, but even I'm like hunching through them little doors. That is so... Oh, God. Amazing. Uh, so that's Leviathan. I was going to wrap up the episode really quickly. We touched on Chinese dragons earlier. Yeah, um, I just want to really briefly just look at that, um, and we also looked at the different types of dragons. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to set off, and we've got a little bit of audio to listen to. Have you seen Dragonheart? No, what's that? You've never seen Dragonheart? Is that what's where Dragonheart? someone's voicing a dragon? Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why I've not seen it? Because it's Sean Connery. It came out when I was a kid. I went to the cinema to see it. I don't know. Yeah, the kid, the guy, the prince has like the heart of a dragon or half of the cut part of a dragon's heart and give it to him when he's dying or something. It's ridiculous. I loved it when I was a kid. I won't slag it off then because I don't want to do well, a never ending like, story. Never story, mate. So there's no pleasing you. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> boring. Too busy watching <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chinese dragons. Let's go. Chinese dragons are strongly associated with water. In popular belief, they are believed to be the rulers of moving bodies of water, such as waterfalls, rivers, or seas. In traditional Chinese beliefs, there are four major dragon kings representing each of the four seas. The East Sea, which is corresponding to the East China Sea, the South Sea, corresponding to the South China Sea, the West Sea, sometimes seen as the Indian Ocean and beyond, and the North Sea, sometimes seen as as Lake Baikal. Because of this association, they are seen as in charge of water-related weather phenomenon. In pre-modern times, many Chinese villagers, especially those close to rivers and seas, had temples dedicated to their local dragon king. In times of drought or flooding, it was customary for local officials to lead the community in offering sacrifices and conducting other religious rites to appease the dragon. According to Chinese literature and myths, there are mainly nine types of Chinese Chinese dragons. The horned dragon, which is said to be the most powerful generalized type of Chinese dragon. The winged dragon associated with rains and floods. This dragon is believed to be used by the yellow emperor Huangdi to kill Chiyo. The celestial dragon, also called Tianlong, is the guardian of gods and a protector of heaven. The spiritual dragon, the Shenlong, brings rain and controls the weather. The dragon of the rivers and the seas was called Dilong. 
Tylo or the Treasure Dragon, who is probably a long-lost distant cousin of Smog, you know, from The Hobbit, guards jewels and medals and is associated with the volcano. The Quarreling Dragon, a lake dragon that has not ascended to heaven. The Yellow Dragon, a hornless dragon symbolizing the Emperor. The last of the nine are the Dragon Kings, and we talked about that before. They each rule over one of the seas from east, north, west, and south. And there we go. So... Uh, there's a really quick kind of history of Chinese dragons. And that's the stuff I'm going to be banging on about on five minute this month. If you want more detail on that, listen to that. If I get around to it, it might be next month. It was going to take me a while to research. The more on topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much more on topic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Beef. Yeah. Um, I don't have other people on there to distract me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so basically in the 5th millennium BC, uh, there was this discovery of a, a dragon statue in China, uh, which kind of propelled people into thinking about them. Um, but he went through the nine different types of Chinese dragons really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to uh, go through them again, but not in any real depth, don't worry. Um, so there's the, I'm going to get these pronunciations all wrong. But I, and I apologise for that. I hope you've been practising um, these all day. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like me, does it? Uh, so there's the Tianlon, which is the celestial dragon, which is they protect the celestial celestial palace and carry it. Um, the Shenlong, the spiritual dragon, which controls wind and rainfall and clouds. And then it is blue. I don't know why it's blue. It doesn't say. Um, and there's the Fukanyong, which is the dragon of hidden treasures. They live underground protecting the stones and strange minerals. So Smaug is mm-hmm. a Fukanyong. Uh, Dinlong is the dragon of the underworlds, dragons of the earth that they uh, kind of like run the rivers and streams. Uh, and they're said to be feminine uh, and they mate with the Shenlong. But mm. apparently, um, the, Lucky old Shenlong. Yeah getting his end away. Uh, then there's Yin Long, which is Yin Long is classical Chinese dragon. If you were to think particularly with like, um, uh, when you get like a Chinese dragon, which people, you know, they dance and mm-hmm. like, you, you see them, that's with the tashes. Yeah, exactly. That's Yin Long, uh, which was a faithful servant to the yellow emperor, uh, mm-hmm. who became a dragon forever. Then there's Zhao Long, this is the one which, which apparently the least is known about, but it's um, thought to be an aquatic dragon. So um, sort of this is the dragon that most resembles a reptile. So maybe this is the closest to like a Western dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Panlong, water dragon, similar to Yaolong. Uh, but this one also controls time, which is a mate, what a cool thing That's to be able to do. That's overpowered, that one's a bit OP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's Hang Long it said that the yellow emperor became this dragon at the end of his life so this is what the yellow dragon this is what the yellow emperor becomes Um, I've saved the the best till last the last one is called Long Wang (laughs) right good oh my god yeah Uh, this this can also manipulate weather and actually cause rain Uh, (laughs) like a Long Wang would um, <laughs> oh, God. God. I'm so sorry. 
Uh, so there we go. There's the nine Chinese dragons. Uh, and that feels like um, a whole other episode in itself. I like the one that controls time. Yeah, I thought that was that was my favourite, I think. That's the coolest, you know, controlling weather's pretty cool as well, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but time is, I can do more with it. Exactly. I'd much rather be able to control time. Although sometimes you're cold and you're like, oh, I just wish it was a bit warmer and you just turn that weather, little thermostat up a little touch. That'd be nice. It's a bit chilly in here tonight. Yeah, I'd always be turning the thermostat down. You know what I'm like, I'm always too hot. Um, Or causing like some snow to come or something like that. So there we go. There's my episode on dragons. Real done. Love it. Wasn't expecting dragons. Really cool. Yeah, man. Was not expecting it. Good. I'm glad. It was it was good fun. So yeah, thanks, Beef. You're much welcome. Cheers, bro. And um listeners, we're back till Christmas now, so that's Beef's episode. I'm doing one next time. Tiss has got one and we're doing uh, the ghost stories episode we've been promising. Uh, and then we'll have another little break over the Christmas period. So we've got episodes from now till Christmas to look forward to uh all the usual stuff i'll quickly blitz for it because i've got a couple of bits to talk about afterwards as well contact unexplainable uk at mail.com or you can go through the website weird tales and the unexplainable.com where you can also see the blog all the videos and stuff that beef talks about and played you can find all the links to those stuff on the website uh on the website you can also find links to our twitter accounts the facebook account uh the you can buy t-shirts through t public the links on there as well uh, loads of stuff go go send us uh, a rating and review on iTunes because we've been getting some shitty ones recently we want some good ones uh, we get lovely <laughs> emails from people so we know people are enjoying the show uh, been getting loads of emails recently so thanks so much for those and if you want to support me and my time editing uh, this show as well as my other ones 5 Minute Folklore and Known For uh, the filmography podcast then you can do that at patreon.com slash Bob Shoy, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. And there's uh, four extra podcasts a month on there, which are really fun and different and interesting. So go on there and check them out. And uh, that's that stuff. Listener of the week, guys. Listener of the week. So I'm going to give listener of the week uh, this week to Shane Standrill, who's uh, a Yorkshire lad. And uh, I actually met him at the weekend. Oh, no way. Yeah, I went to, uh, in Leeds, there was a uh, sort of small music festival. Uh, it was really cool. It was a really weird place. It was in like a basement of an old mill. I uh, sent you guys a picture from when I was in there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, it was a really interesting night, really fun night. I saw like five different bands and uh, Shane's band Sweet. was playing uh, Black Pudding. <laughs> Awesome. And um, I knew he was playing. I knew because he had emailed us to say, I'm in this band, Black Pudding. Feel free to use us as outro music like we do sometimes with listeners' bands. And I checked them out and I really like their music, actually. So I was like, oh, they're playing near me like this weekend. I go check them out. So when I saw him setting up, I snuck over and was just like, which one of you is Shane? And it was the guy <laughs> I spoke to, the bassist. And he was like, it's me. I was like, uh, this is Bob from Weird Tales, by the way, which was really threw him off guard. Wow. And then they, they played uh, what I would say is a raucous set. And then afterwards, I, I chatted to him for a while. Uh, Becca was quite drunk at the time. So she said, uh, Shane, she apologizes for wittering on. <laughs> but it was really <laughs> nice to meet him. And we had a good chat. And um, I, hopefully I might be meeting up with him soon to do a Weird Tales something or other, possibly. 
but I'll cool. be in contact with him about that. But Shane, listener of the week, listen of the week. and outro music this week will be um, a song from Black Pudding. Awesome, nice. So thanks, Shane. Have we got any um, marriages of the week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're still on Luke and Cara for engagement of the week. That's cool. That's still there. I'm going and... to a wedding on Saturday. Does that count? Do they listen to Weird Tales, Beef? Uh, I've, I've talked to them about it loads. Right. If they don't listen, they can't be marriage of the week. There has been well, a, a birth of the week. Is there? Yeah, well, it was a while ago now, but it was while I was on our break. Anderson, uh, never, li- never listener of the week, has had a mini Anderson. Mini Anderson. Congratulations. And, uh, he sent a picture of the baby Anderson uh, in yeah. a Weird Tales baby grow, which is just absolutely incredible. I love it. I really do love that. That's um, that's fantastic dedication. I hope um, baby Anderson isn't sick on the baby grow. No. But almost definitely will do. Poo as well. There'll be poo sick. Definitely poo on it. Definitely. All the baby um, sort of fluids. Fluids, that's the word I was looking for. I was going to say produces, but it didn't feel right. <laughs> Baby produce. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just reading the uh, Michael Jackson. Let's leave it. Yeah, okay, we got a review saying we should be uh, in prison for the slanderous stuff we said about Michael Jackson being a paedophile. I'm like, fuck that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a paedophile. Yeah, how dare we say that someone was a paedophile. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I'm not cutting that either, so there we go. Uh, are we all done? Have we got anything else to say, guys, before oh we get God. hoiked off the air? <laughs> no, we're all good. Uh, all right uh, thanks for listening everyone uh we'll be back in two weeks time uh this is black pudding to play us out with the song sci-fi sci epstein didn't kill himself thanks guys love you lots bye 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 bye
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.